it's nice to be back with you. I've been away for just a little bit, had a lot of things going on, but I'm really happy to be getting back to podcasting and back to some somewhat regular episodes, although this is a bit of a series that's going to be just a little bit different than um, what some of my normal ones are, either from my uh, conversations with people or uh, from my devotions and things like that. This is a special series that I'm running this week. There'll be two, maybe three episodes, probably two. Um, and I'm calling this uh, special series The Cycle of Welcome. It's something that I'm doing this week. And, and basically what I'm doing is I'm riding my bike to and from work uh, Monday through Friday. I'm recording this on Tuesday, and it'll come out just a little bit later on, uh, also on Tuesday. And um, the the one-way mileage is uh, 19 miles, give or take a little bit. And so doing that uh, there and back uh, Monday through Friday is going to be roughly in the ballpark of 190 miles that I'm going to be riding my bike this week. And you may ask, you know, why wouldn't you do that? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you. Um, and and kind of the, the reasoning behind all of this is that at our uh, 2022 uh, North Carolina Synod gathering, uh, our bishop, Bishop Tim Smith, issued a challenge to the 197 congregations in our North Carolina Synod that 70% would become involved in the work of refugee resettlement through Lutheran Services of the Carolinas. Now, this is one thing that Lutheran Services of the Carolinas does. They do a whole lot of really excellent work, and this is, is one thing. And so I'm doing this ride to kind of call awareness to the work of helping to resettle uh, refugees, to the work that the Lutheran Services of the Carolinas does, and uh, to this bishop's challenge to the North Carolina Synod. And I'm also doing this as a fundraiser um, that, that you can participate in. And uh, all the funds that we raise, 100%, are going to be given uh, to the Lutheran Services of the Carolinas Be the Light campaign. Uh, specifically for resettlement of refugees. And certainly I think we're aware of the really big need for that right now. Um, not not too, too long ago, we had a lot of refugees uh, coming out of Afghanistan, still having a lot of uh, refugees there, and as well more recently uh, coming out of Ukraine. And that's just two examples. There are lots of examples uh, constantly um, of the need for um, care of um of refugees. We're going to look a little bit more at that later on in the uh, the episode here, but um, but and I'll, I'll I'll circle back to this again at the end. But uh, if if you'd like to donate, uh, you can do that through the website of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Mount Holly, North Carolina. And um, you'll find a giving link that is there. You can make a pledge per mile. So the example I kind of give is if you were to pledge 50 cents a mile, that donation for the whole week would come out to $95. Or if you just want to give a flat rate, uh, if you want to give $100 or $200 or, hey, even $2,000, uh, whatever it is that you want to give, that would be really greatly appreciated uh, in helping Lutheran Services of the Carolinas with this most important work of uh, caring for refugees. So we're going to talk again, uh, I'll remind you again at the end of the episode, uh, how it is you can give and how it is you can help. Um, and we're going to uh, dig into some stuff with refugees in a little bit, but um, just just want to kind of uh, uh, highlight um, an, an interesting story to kind of start with. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a cycling nut. I, I love um, I, I love cycling. I love anything related to cycling. And something that cyclists do on a regular basis is we do something called a bike check, uh, which basically is we share what kind of bike it is that we are riding on. Um, so I'm going to do that real quick. And, um, and, and there's kind of a reason, a method of the madness. I'm not just trying to flex and show off the bike that I've got, although I am very proud of it. Uh, I am riding a uh, Orbea... Um, Terra is the the bike I'm riding, and it's a gravel bike. So if you are into cycling, you maybe have heard about gravel bikes. Uh, and and if you're if you're not familiar with cycling at all, I'll give just a real quick breakdown of it. Um, so if you're familiar with a, a road bike that's got the drop handlebars and those hoods with the brake levers and all that kind of thing, it's kind of like a more beefed up. A road bike that lets you ride on a bunch of different surfaces, surfaces uh, like uh, pavement or tarmac, um, surfaces like, as the name suggests, gravel, um, dirt roads, fire roads, just things like that. It kind of increases the the range and the flexibility that you have with your bike. And that's, that's it's one of the two bikes I have. I have two bikes, but uh, this is the one I'm riding this week is my Orbea Terra. And it's kind of a cool story. Again, like I said, there's method to the madness of why I'm talking to you about my bike uh, at the moment. Um, Orbea is one of the older bike manufacturing companies. Uh, companies out there. And in the uh, early 20th century, um, Orbea didn't make bikes. Uh, Orbea made uh, guns. And um, in the early 20th century, they decided to stop manufacturing guns and instead uh, to take that technical expertise they had with uh, machines and machining and stuff like that to uh, instead make uh, bicycles. And I think this is really kind of interesting because a lot of refugees wind up getting displaced uh, because of conflict, because of violence, because of, of war. Um, so in, in a sense, because of guns, uh, kind of simply put. And, and uh, it sort of strikes me as being uh, rather interesting that um, that uh, I, I and others are working on trying to take care of people who have been uh, harmed by violence um, by riding a bike. Um, and it, it makes me think uh, of the uh, biblical passage of, um, of weapons of war being beat into plowshares. So it's, it's a little bit like um, these, these weapons of war guns that have displaced people are now being transformed into bicycles and being used to bring about um, care for those who have been uh, harmed by violence. So just kind of a neat little, a neat little connection between um, the bike I'm riding and its kind of roundabout story uh, and the work of taking care of refugees. It's just kind of neat to see that a company that used to make uh, guns that have contributed to violence, and I know this is a sticky subject for a lot of people, um, and violence has, has uh, displaced a lot of people, specifically you know, Afghan refugees, Ukrainian refugees, things like that. And so something, a company that used to make guns now makes bikes and now is kind of being utilized in a way to bring about peace and healing and comfort for those who are in need. So anyways, just kind of a neat little story that I wanted to share. Um, getting into uh, the ride at as I said, it is a 19-mile one-way trip, which means that I'm doing about 38 miles a day. 
Um, I have gone uh, there and back and there again. So I've done three legs of the 10 legs of this. And um, in terms of the route that I go, um, coming into work, I live in Lincolnton, North Carolina, and I work in Mount Holly, North Carolina. And um, the 19 miles um, has a, a good bit of descending on the way into work. So I'm getting to, uh, to enjoy some nice uh, downhill riding, uh, which if you've been on a bike, you know is really great. Um, you either don't have to pedal a whole lot, um, or you, uh, if you pe do pedal, it's just nice and easy pedaling. You move along real quick. Now, uh, there's a lot of flat sections. There are some uphills on the way there. But overall, it's a very downhill uh, ride. Um, it, it roughly drops, um, I, I think, um, maybe 800 feet or something like that. So it's, it's a nice little, um, nice little downhill uh, coast, if you will, on the way in. And I'm getting to do that in the morning. I try to leave out nice and early. Uh, so it's nice and cool and I'm creating a nice breeze and, and it's just, it's, it's a really wonderful ride uh, on the way in. Now, um, as as you perhaps know, uh, maybe you've you've seen where I'm leading up to. That means that the return trip is uh, an entirely uh, different bear altogether. It is uh, mostly uphill, so it's a lot more work uh, on the way out. I'm doing that later in the day when it's hotter, um, which definitely makes things a little bit more difficult. So um, it, it's it's a bit of a challenging ride on the way back. I kind of jokingly say. It's a, it's a character-building uh, experience on the way back out on this ride. So, uh, you know, it, it's going well right now. Again, like I said, I'm, I'm, three, uh, I'm three legs in to 10. I'm sitting a little below 60 miles uh, in my legs. And, and it's going pretty well. I'm feeling really confident right now, feeling really good. Uh, a couple little uh, pointers if, if you're an, in, an endurance sport kind of person, like uh, biking and running and things like that. Um, a few things I'm doing to just kind of help take care of myself in between rides. Um, there, there's a joke, or it's not so much a joke, it's just a saying really in endurance sports that nutrition wins races. Um, and that's your hydration and the, the food that you're eating. So I'm, I'm making sure that I'm, I'm eating really good, uh, healthy food, um, real food, uh, if you will. Um, not, not doing any sort of fast food or things like that. That's really not healthy for you. Um, it's not helpful for you or anything like that. So not doing any kind of fast foods or, or things like that, um, trying to, to eat uh, really well, trying to drink a lot. Um, I put electrolyte mixes into all my waters because I'm sweating out um, all, all of these uh, these things that I really need. Um, and so I'm, I'm making sure I'm putting back in uh, what it is that I'm, I'm, I'm putting out. Um, one, one handy little trick, this is kind of a pro tip for you. Um, one of the things that really helps uh, muscle recovery, so whether you're a weightlifter uh, a runner, a swimmer, a cyclist, or whatever it is, um, if you if you go do your exercise, um, an ideal thing is within about 30 minutes of finishing that exercise, you want to get some protein in you. And personally, I love Greek yogurt. Um, we keep those little 100 calorie cups of Greek yogurt. Uh, has a little bit of uh, like fruit 
you know, flavor to it or something like that or vanilla. Um, and so every time I get done with a ride, I've got some here at the church and I've got some at the house. Um, within about 30 minutes, I, I eat that. Um, and it's, it's nice and cooling. It's refreshing. And that protein uh, goes a long way in helping my legs to, uh, to recover. So um, that's, again, just a little bit of a pro tip for uh, anybody that's doing any kind of exercise. You want to take some protein in uh, pretty quick after, and that kind of helps recover. I've also got foam rollers. Uh, if you've ever seen those sorts of things, they're kind of like a, a well, it's a foam kind of uh, tube, basically, and you, you can kind of roll out your muscles and things like that. Um, and, and so uh, doing that to kind of help make sure I'm taking care of myself while I'm doing this, because, you know, uh, doing 190 miles uh, over the course of five days, that's going to take its wear and tear. And so you've got to try to recover really well so that you can do this all uh, again the next day. So that's that's kind of one of the big things that I'm doing to kind of help take care uh, of myself. Uh, again, also, a lot of folks who are kind of following me are, um, are making sure I'm being safe and I'm, I'm really working hard to make sure that uh, that I'm nice and safe out there. Again, I'm, I'm choosing smart times to go out uh, times that aren't necessarily high traffic times, but have uh, lower traffic patterns and things like that. I'm choosing safer routes, um, you know, utilizing um, roads that are better and more accommodating to cyclists and not getting into dangerous situations. Uh, I wear um, bright colors. I have a bright flashing light on the back of my, uh, my bike, um, things like that. So really taking a lot of good precautions and as, as well, making sure that people know when I'm leaving, uh, when I'm expected to arrive, what route I'm going, all of that kind of stuff I'm doing to make sure uh, that I'm safe. Because, you know, uh, well, anything that you do is going to have a risk to it. Um, and, and so ideally, I want to try to mitigate uh, my risk um, as best as possible. Um, but it, it does call to mind uh, an important um, aspect and an important feature um, that, that's kind of got me thinking about this as I'm doing this this ride. Um, anybody who's a refugee usually faces really challenging, scary, and oftentimes unsafe um, situations. They're they're fleeing from harm. Uh, while they're fleeing, they're oftentimes uh, susceptible to harm or being taken advantage of. So you know, it's it's one of those things that that I've been able to call to mind as I've been um, paying attention to the fact that I'm taking a certain level of risk. I'm choosing to take this risk. Um, but, uh, you know, and as I'm trying to mitigate some of my risk, um, the people who are refugees, uh, they're facing risk all the time and they can't always choose to, uh, to, to mitigate that risk. They maybe do the best that they can, but, but being a refugee is inherently risky. And again, nobody's waking up in the morning and going, gee, I think I'm going to be a refugee. It's something that just kind of happens, happens to you. And, and it's a, it's a risky situation. So it's something I've been able to reflect on a little bit as I've been taking something of this risk, that um, the risk is very much so involved in the everyday life of uh, a refugee. So, uh, you know, want to just think a little bit about um, about the reality of uh, refugees, and I'm, I'm getting some of this basic information from uh, Lutheran Services of the Carolinas, which is again the um, the group that we're working. Uh, with that the money is going to get donated to. And they provide a lot of really great information um, about refugees. Um, you know, you want to always be careful about where you're getting your information from. Um, I'm, I'm a Lutheran. I like to work through Lutheran sources. And so 
So if you want to find out some more information, uh, Lutheran Services of the Carolinas would be an excellent place to start to uh, to understand, um, you know, refugees uh, and to educate yourself about it. I think if, if there's nothing else that we do, uh, even if you don't want to donate money, um, I think educate, educate, educate. Always educate yourself. Don't buy into to necessarily headlines or, you know, that crazy link that somebody sends you uh, through the, the Internet or even what cable news says. Um, let's find some good sources like Lutheran Services of the Carolinas, and let's find good information. Let's educate ourselves. Before we start forming opinions, let's educate ourselves. And so um, today, according to Lutheran Services of the Carolinas, there are uh, million people worldwide who have been forced to flee their home countries and live as refugees in a foreign land. And on top of that, there are millions more who are displaced internally within their own country. Um, Many of these folks are forced to live for years in overcrowded refugee camps where they have to struggle every day to meet their basic needs. Um, Those uh, who are traveling trying to get to these camps or who are unable to oftentimes live in truly dangerous uh, conditions. It's it's not easy to be a refugee. And you can think about that. 15.2 million people who are identified as refugees and millions more um, who, who, who are. We just haven't been able to really identify them. And and they're displaced for a lot of reasons. As I uh, said early on, I mean, violence is is a big reason, whether it's, it's war or coups or whatever going on. Uh, violence is a really big reason. Uh, why we have a lot of refugees. Uh, another is, is uh, you know, climate change, which I know, you know maybe a few people might roll their eyes about that. But I mean, you know, climate change is a real thing, folks. Uh, let's definitely start paying attention to that. And it does um, uh, create uh, refugees, people who have to flee because now the environment that they live in uh, is no longer hospitable for uh, human life, uh, if you will. And they're expecting to see more and more of that. Um, which is, again, another reason kind of why I'm riding my bike just a little bit um, with um, with the you know fossil fuels and, and all the various pollutants. I mean, we're, we're, we're contributing to that climate change. You and I, all of us are. Um, and, uh, and let's also be honest, uh, gas is really expensive right now. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm saving some money uh, on gas this week just by riding my bike. Um, but, you know, any way in which we can work really hard to 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 maybe you know curb that tide just a little bit and make sure that um, that we're not um, you know we're, we're not contributing to that climate change as much might just slow things and might just sort of help alleviate some of the challenge that's out there um, you know groups like Lutheran Services of the Carolinas there are others that work with refugee uh, resettlement um, but they do really excellent work they uh, arrange housing for people they connect people to social services and public benefits they arrange the various health screenings that they need um, they assist with school enrollment they provide cultural education and self-sufficiency planning they assist with uh, communication needs because a lot of times folks don't speak uh, English they provide uh, support and well Welcome, and they work really hard to help connect people with uh, with jobs, so that they can uh, basically help sort of support themselves. I'm getting I'm getting all this information just straight off of uh, Lutheran Services of the Carolinas website. That you know they're not the only ones doing this, but they are ones who are doing it, and they're doing a really great job. And again, there's ways that you can help. Um, 
you know, you can help support uh, a refugee family. You can help welcome them. Um, maybe if you're a business owner and you're looking for uh, for people to work, that's a that's a challenge these days is finding folks to work. You know, there are a lot of refugees who live in our midst who are looking for jobs, and and they they just that th- they need one. Um, you know, you can just give through um, volunteering to to help uh, Lutheran Services of the Carolinas. You don't necessarily have to host a family. Um, you can you know just offer your prayers, um, or you know you can offer your money. There's so many different things that you can do um, to help uh, organizations like Lutheran Services of the Carolinas uh, to to welcome and care for uh, refugees who are in our midst. And so with that, I do want to kind of pause and just say, you know, uh, maybe we need to back up. Maybe you're going, well, this isn't our problem. We shouldn't have to deal with this. Is this what we Christians are about? Well, uh, let's delve into that kind of real quick. Uh, in, in simple answer, yes, this is absolutely what we as Christians are about. Um, if, you, uh, if you look at Exodus uh, chapter 23, verse 9, uh, it tells us, Do not oppress a foreigner. You yourselves know how it feels to be foreigners because you were foreigners in Egypt. Uh, so God's people were foreigners in Egypt and then uh, wandered through the wilderness in and out of countries without a home for 40 years before uh, they were led into the promised land. So God's people have a story of being refugees, of being people um, who are in need. Um, a little later on uh, in the Old Testament, Leviticus uh, 19.34 uh, makes that even a little bit more explicit. Um, It says, the foreigners residing among you must be treated as native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Love them as yourself. I mean, that's just uh, chapter and verse, um, black and white right there. It's our calling as people of faith to help take care of foreigners and refugees. Now, maybe you want to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, Pastor Jonathan, that's all uh, Old Testament stuff, and we're Christians, we're New Testament people. Well, that's like a lot to kind of quibble over there. Um, but, you know, hey, that's okay. Uh, if you think you're getting an out, um, uh, no, you're, you're not. Uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 25, Jesus makes uh, very clear um, that we are called to welcome strangers, which is basically kind of biblical language for refugees and foreigners. Um, and that when we welcome them, we are blessed. Um, you know, lots of people like to say, "Oh, I'm so I'm so blessed uh, because they have a Range Rover or have a big uh, car or uh, a fat checking account or things like that." And maybe that stuff is great. Uh, but Jesus says that our blessing comes from welcoming our strangers uh, in our midst, those refugees and foreigners. Uh, and to even kind of drive the point home a little bit further, Jesus himself uh, was a refugee. Um, he was uh, he and his family uh, when he was uh, just a baby were fleeing violence because uh, Herod was trying to seek him out uh, and see to it that he was killed and so they uh, ran down and lived in Egypt for a while before coming back uh, into the Galilee region so kind of joining with that Old Testament story so just to to kind of put it nice and and simple there, there's no way of wiggling out if you're a person of faith. 
uh, if you're a Christian, uh, our calling is to welcome refugees. Now, again, that's going to look different for everybody. Uh, some people, um, that may be you offering your prayers. Uh, for some, it might be volunteering uh, with a group like Lutheran Services of the Carolinas. It might be actually welcoming a family into your church and into your community. Uh, it might be uh, helping provide jobs, or it might be helping to provide money. Um, but but whatever it is, um, it's, it's not one of those things that we really need to argue and quibble over. It's what we're called to do. Um, and, and that's, again, a little bit of what this ride is about. It's to start raising awareness and providing uh, at least some um, entry-level connection with how it is that uh, we are called to care for refugees. We're going to hear a lot more about this later on in the week. Um, in the next, uh, what should be the next episode, I'm going to have two guests with us. Uh, the first would be Bishop uh, Timothy Smith of the North Carolina Synod. He's the one that issued this bishop's challenge for congregations to get involved in the work of refugee resettlement. So we're going to hear from him. Uh, we're also going to have um, uh, Ted Goings, who is the president of Lutheran Services of the Carolinas, on as a guest, uh, sharing with us about the important work that that Lutheran Services of the Carolinas does, and uh, delving just a little bit deeper uh, into how it is that you can help. Both of these guys are friends of the show. They've both been on the, the show. They are both uh, friends of mine. So I'm looking forward to having them on, and I hope you're looking forward to listening to them. Um, if you'd like to keep up with the ride, uh, obviously there'll be another podcast episode you can check out. Um, I'm posting things on social media, Instagram and uh, Facebook, um, kind of about the ride, some ride reports every day. Uh, you can just follow me, Jonathan A. Schnibben, on either one of those platforms, or you can follow my church, Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Mount Holly, North Carolina, where we're also posting some um, updates and things like that. And again, I want to just uh, continue to circle back to um, to how you can give. Um, you can go to, you can just Google Good Shepherd Lutheran Church, Mount Holly, North Carolina. That should bring up our website. I'll also put that website in the show notes here so you can access it that way. There is a giving tab uh, there on that website. If you just click on that, uh, you can give as a guest. It's a completely secure um, uh, system, so you're not going to get hacked or anything like that. Um, and uh, just please mark that uh, cycle of welcome, and we'll know what that is. And again, 100% of everything that uh, we get uh, is going to be passed directly on to Lutheran Services of the Carolinas. And the great thing is, um, because uh, churches like Good Shepherd, where I serve, um, the North Carolina Senate helps support Lutheran Services of the Carolinas. When they get gifts like this, 100% of what they get goes directly to, uh, to the need. It's not going to admin costs or things like that. Uh, it's going right to where we want it uh, to provide the most need or to provide the most help uh, for the needs that are out there. So anyways, I'm not going to keep you too long, uh, in part because i got to get ready for uh, leg number four uh, of this ride uh, that I'm doing. But uh, thank you very much for your time, for listening. Um, thank you for uh, taking up the challenge to learn a little bit more uh, about the plight of refugees and about the work that's being done um, by Christians, by Lutherans, uh, by the ELCA, by uh, Lutheran Services of the Carolinas. Uh, please prayerfully consider giving uh, and let Let's uh, all work together to care for our sisters and brothers in need. Thanks again.